to left corner to Aguila. Aguila the left circle. Passing the yellow shot. Save made by Aguila. Three bounds. Another shot. They score! The Blades win it! Yeah, baby! They score! And the sea of red erupts. Flames talk starts now on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here's Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers. Okay, it is Tuesday, February 20th. Welcome to this hour of Flames Talk. Welcome to the Flames Ambassadors Celebrity Poker Tournament from the Deerfoot Inn and Casino. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts with Aaron Vickers of NHL.com. My name is Pat Steinberg. Hello, Vix. Hello, Patrick. How are we? Good. Great to be here. Yeah, yeah. Um... And we're always happy to be at this event. It is awesome. Always a great day. And, uh, hey, uh, make sure to check out the Flames Talk podcast feed because lots of great content for you. We're available wherever you get your podcasts on this Tuesday. Uh, And let's say hello to the voice of the Calgary Flames. It's time for our Daily Flames Roundtable. Steinberg, Vickers, and Derek Wills brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Country Hills. The fastest-growing segment of vehicles they sell is electric. Informed buyers are coming to see. Perhaps you should discover why. Minutes from the Calgary Airport. I saw Kevin Rooney just lost his jersey. He would be one of the latest Flames players to lose his jersey. Andrew uh, Mangiapane as well. just did as well. All the Flames players are losing their jerseys. Rasmus Anderson was first out like five minutes in, by the <laughs> way. Uh, has Derek Wills uh, gone out yet, or is he nope. still Mr. Final Table here? Still alive Ooh. and kicking, boys. How many years? Two years in a row, two, Final Table? Uh, two years. I can't remember if it was two years in a row. It might have been. Johnny Chan here. Jeez. It feels like a long time ago because that was pre-pandemic. Doyle Brunson <laughs> hanging out with us. You yeah. get a ring for that, or how does it work? It's a belt uh, no, buckle? I got like a prize package. No, if you win, I think you get a oh, belt buckle. Oh, you get the belt buckle, buckle if you win. Yeah. Oh, Mick's out. Oh, hi, Mick. Mick hung in pretty well. I won the first two hands. I've lost every hand since. Mick said she was only going to win one hand. She won two. So I'm still wins. in, though. Yeah. We're just having a conversation amongst ourselves here. That's what we do. Are we on the radio us? right now? Uh, yeah. So <laughs> far, we're so far we are. Um, well, let's uh, get into a couple of topics. It's, uh, it's a positive day. As I've said many times... Flames never lose going into this event. It's like every. It's why I was pretty confident they were going to win yesterday. I'm like, ah, they're down three one, but the poker tournaments on Tuesday, they got this, and they did. And you know, the guy that over the last little while, through some really good times when the Flames, like for instance, on the four game trip coming out of the break, I was really impressed with the way Nazem Kadri was setting the tone. They come back. They play those two really rough games against Detroit and San Jose. And the guy that I felt was trying to set the tone was Nazem Kadri. We've talked about him at different times this year. We've had different conversations. I think we all agree that Jacob Markstrom is probably this team's MVP this year. But just how important has Nazem Kadri been from a leadership standpoint on and off the ice this year? Because one of the things I've really appreciated all year long. Well, if I was filling out a most valuable player ballot right now, I would put him number two. I think he's jumped ahead of Blake Coleman for me, and that's not a knock on Coleman, who's had a career year. Uh, Jacob Markstrom would be number one, the most important position in the sport, maybe in any sport, and he's been brilliant outside of literally one game. But Nazem Kadri has been consistently good. And I think about last season when he was good in the first half and then seemed to hit a mental and physical wall coming out of the All-Star break and didn't look like the same player. But this season, he's been good since the get-go. And 
He's not on pace to have a career year, but he's on pace to have the second-best season of his NHL career, which at the age of 33 is pretty darn impressive. Obviously, a, a big game on Family Day Monday. He led the way offensively for the Flames with two goals and one assist in that game. So he's now just one goal away from 20 on the season and on pace for 28, and he leads the team with 48 points and is on pace for 70. The only year that was better for him, was the year he won the Stanley Cup. When, remember, Nathan McKinnon went out and missed a good chunk of the regular season due to injury. Nazem Kadri was elevated, took over as the number one centerman for the Avalanche and put up some great numbers. But he's been fantastic. And the other thing that's been good to see is him really emerge as a leader. And I'm not sure he's a real rah-rah guy in the dressing room. I haven't heard that about him. But he's definitely a guy who has led by example on the ice at practices and in games. And it was good to see that revolving A that's been rotating around since Elias Lindholm left end up on his chest a couple of games ago. So he's been excellent and, for me, one of the top two players in the team this season. Yeah, I think a strong argument can be made that he's been their most important forward on and off the ice this season. And Wilsey laid out a pretty good case there. As you mentioned, he's been the most productive forward. He's helped mentor the two most exciting young forwards on the team in Martin Pospisil and Connor Zeri, and I don't think you can understate the importance of that as well. And we're not in the room, but I feel like you touched on his leadership a little bit. I feel like his impact is really felt in that room, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a rah-rah. It can be when things are going the wrong way and simply stepping up and as a Stanley Cup winner going, this isn't the way we need to be going about this thing. I think his words carry a lot of weight. Just one of the reasons is his personality. Another one is the fact that he has hoisted a Stanley Cup, and he can bring around a ring whenever he wants to. But then you go back to his season on the ice as a whole, and if you even if you excuse the first nine games where he had one goal and one assist, the underlying metrics were still there. The production just didn't happen to be. But since then, he's 19 goals and 47 points in 48 games. That's six more than the second-place flame, which is Blake Coleman, who you mentioned. He's on pace for 28 goals and 70 points, like you mentioned, despite that start. And that's a significant increase even over last year when, you know, you mentioned he had the really good, strong start to the season, kind of fell off at the All-Star break. Last year he had 56 points in 82 games, and that was still from my perspective it was a good season for him he's just managed to find another level with the flames that maybe we saw a couple years ago as you mentioned with the colorado avalanche i i just get the feeling that you know last year was frustrating for him no doubt about it it was frustrating for everybody and with a coaching change and and with things maybe not going as well as they would have hoped this year but they're still in the fight I just get the sense that Nazem Kadri is is not taking is not going to take anything lying down. I, I get the sense that there's been a couple times where he's been on the bench. He's just looked like not like frustrated in a bad way, but upset, angry about the way things are going. And you know, I just I feel like he's that guy that they haven't had in a little while in terms of dragging the team into the fight and they need that sometimes they need a guy who's like okay boys we don't have it tonight i'm gonna drag us back into this thing and and i just i feel like more often than not uh nazim has been that guy and when i spoke to to coach huska um monday prior to the game against the jets i just asked him about nazim he said you have no idea how much that's rubbing off on his two line mates that he's played with since November in, in Zary and Pospisil. And, and, you know, I wonder, 
I wonder how things would be different with those two guys. Would we be having the same conversations? Not to say they haven't done a lot of this themselves, because they have, but I just wonder if we're not having them to the same extent if they're not playing with Nazem Kadri. I don't think there's any chance we're having the same conversations. I don't think there's any chance that Connor Zeri and Martin Pospisil are as impactful as rookies without Nazem Kadri being that veteran centerman who does drag them and the entire team into the fight. And the last guy who we described that way was Matthew Kachuk. When the Flames didn't have it, he would drag them into the fight on a lot of nights. And I think that Nazem Kadri's done a great job. And uh, I think the coaching change was important. Now, it was his first season with the team. So he was probably going to stick his toe in the water when it uh, came to being a leader anyway. But I'm not sure he was empowered by Daryl Sutter. I think he's been empowered by Ryan Huska to be a, a bigger voice in that room. And he's done a great job, as we've talked about, leading by example and uh, has put his money where his mouth is. He, he's a guy who, like Mackenzie Weger and Michael Backlund and some others, they're always there to talk to us after a big win and, more importantly, in my opinion, after a tough loss. And you, you can say the right things, but then you have to back that up by doing yeah. the right things. And I think he's done that consistently this season. And... With this team going younger, and they've already started going down that road, I think he becomes an even more important player. He's got five years left in his contract, and assuming he wants to stick around and be a part of this retool or whatever you want to call it, I think he's going to become an even more important player moving forward as he continues to do for others what he's done for Zeri and Pospisil and, and others on this team, and that's mentor the young guys and show them what it takes to, to be a Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, you need a leader on and off the ice that can back it up with the hardware that he has and the attitude and the emphasis that he puts in certain facets of the game. There are so many times when you'll see on the TV feed him talking to somebody on the bench, whether it's Pospisil, whether it's Zeri, whether it's somebody else, and you can see the intensity in how he's talking. But he's also teaching when he's talking, and the figures like that are absolutely key for a rebuild, a retool, whatever you want to call it, because you need guys that have been there and can show the way. It's our Daily Flames Roundtable. Derek Wills, Aaron Vickers, Pat Steinberg from the Deerfoot Inn and Casino for the Flames Ambassadors Celebrity Poker Tournament. Um, okay. We've seen Noah Hannafin quarterback the number one power play unit. We've seen Mackenzie Weger back there on Monday. Rasmus Anderson has been there. It was Weger's shot that uh, Kadri redirected for the game-tying goal on Monday afternoon against Winnipeg. Guys, who's the best fit on this number one power play unit? To what's, Who's the best quarterback or D-man at the top that we've seen? It's a good question, and I'm not sure there's a right or wrong answer to it. I think it could depend on the game, on who's feeling it, on the other team's penalty kill and how they defend you. If I had to pick a guy, I would probably say Mackenzie Weger because he's done such a good job getting pucks to his opponent's net. And when the Flames' power play has struggled, which, let's be honest, it has for most of the season, the one thing that we've consistently heard from coaches is that they're trying to be too cute and not funneling pucks to the net and getting bodies to the net and keeping things a little bit simpler. That's what's worked for this team. So with the way Mackenzie Weger has been able to find shooting lanes and get pucks to the net, even though, and I know his teammates kid him about a shot, but he leads the National Hockey League yeah. in goals by defensemen. Now, with that said, most of those goals have been scored at even strength. If I'm not mistaken, he leads the NHL in even strength goals by defensemen with 12. Is that correct? All, all his goals except one have been so not 14. on the power play. I, okay, well, I don't know about shorthanded. I'd... Right. 
So um, I would have to go with with him. But Noah Hannafin's also really good at walking that line because he's got such great feet. So I think it uh, it could be Hannafin against certain opponents who defend a certain way. But huh. uh, hard to argue with uh, Uyghur and the way he's been able to get pucks through. As far as Rasmus Anderson, I think he can be that guy. But I think he has to develop more of that mindset to shoot the puck like we've seen from Mackenzie Weger. Yeah, you're not wrong there. And my answer would be Rasmus Anderson because of the three, I think he's got the biggest shot threat of the of that group. Now, not necessarily everything runs from the top with a one-timer from Rasmus Anderson. And you laid out the uh, the pros for Mackenzie Weger and Noah Hannafin as well. But I just think that if I were orchestrating the power play, a lot of it would be facilitated through Jonathan Huberto with a one-time option up top, and then on the other side, a one-time option from either Kuzmenko or Sharon Govich as well. So I'm of the mind that, you know, get pucks to the net, and you laid it out, Mackenzie Wieger, Noah Hannafin, probably a bit more effective in doing that on the power play. And Mackenzie Wieger has one goal and six assists for seven power play points. Noah Hannafin has uh, two goals, four assists for six power play points all have played or each pardon me those two have played roughly 45 minutes less on the power play than rasmus anderson has have proven to be more productive in their time on the power play there's just something about rasmus anderson's shot that if, but he you, doesn't can use him, it. if you can coax him to use it more they've been trying he'd for years. Be the guy that i'd want yeah well i agree by the way but they've been trying and he, for whatever reason he just hasn't done it or been able to do it if, if, like, I think it should be him, too. Like, I, I think when I look at skill sets and even going back to last year where I felt he was really growing into that, I, I feel like, yeah, probably should be him. But right now, I think it's got to be weaker. I mean, his confidence in getting his shot through, I think yesterday, Monday, was a perfect example. He knew exactly what he was doing. He could have had two tips on that. It ended up just being the one on Kadri, and he redirected it past Hellebuck for the 3-3 goal. But... Now, all of a sudden, teams know that Uyghur's not afraid to shoot it. So you've got that that plays into it. And now you've also got this ability for him, because he doesn't have the hardest shot in the world, I don't think it's, it's, I think it's a little easier for him to get sticks on it and, and redirects on it as well. So I just wonder, with his confidence in shooting it, he was looking for a stick to get that redirected. So that's always an option. I feel like right now, until you're proven otherwise... I think you've got to go with Mackenzie Weger because he's scoring, he's a threat, he gets it through, and he's got the type of shot that is able to be redirected and give goaltenders issues. It just it feels like everything is is screaming at you. Just go with Weger for the time being until it becomes clear he's not the right fit there. Well, and the other good reason to go with him is because he's going to be here on March 9th, and the other guy probably won't be. So... Uh, in Hannafin. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you've got Rasmus Anderson. He's still going to be an option, and he'll be on one of your two power play units. But there's different ways to do it when you're quarterbacking a power play. So I'm sitting at a table today with Michael Stone, who's huh. re- recently retired as a player. Still probably pumping it out. He can still shoot it over 100 yep. miles per hour and just blow it past goaltenders. But that's not Mackenzie Weger. But I think there's something to be said about a wrist shot or a snapshot or a slap shot that isn't 100 plus miles per hour because it's way more tippable right you probably just want to get the hell out of the way of a michael stone shot but you're okay if you're nazim kadri standing in the slot and tipping a mackenzie Weger point shot because you know if it hits you it's not going to hurt you all that bad and i just think it's a little bit easier to tip a shot that's 70 or 80 miles per hour as opposed to 110 so i do think there's something to say about that and 
We'll have to wait and see how it all plays out. Uh, if the Flames use one defenseman uh, on both of their power plays or use one on one and two on the other, and even if they do move or when they move Noah Hannafin, I'd like to see Oliver Shillington get uh, some more power play time because I talk about Noah Hannafin's mobility on that blue line. Well, Shillington can do the same thing that he can. Absolutely. Um, to your point, I would rather stand in front of Mackenzie Wieger's slap shot than yeah. Michael Stone's. I can tell you that right now. To go back to your point about, yeah, but Rasmus Anderson needs to shoot more. He's played 138 minutes on the power play this year, 24 shots. Noah Hannafin and Mackenzie Wieger, we're just going to lump them together because one's 95, one's 96. 22 and 21 shots respectively. So your shots per 60 on the power yeah. play, much higher with Wieger and Hannafin than Rasmus Anderson. And as, to your point, yeah, you've been trying to coax him to shoot more. And does it happen? Is it past the point where you can convince him to just start letting it buck from the top of the point on the power play? Probably not, but maybe. It's just looking at it from that perspective. I'm still, Anderson, very intrigued by the thought of Oliver Shillington and his lateral mobility, his mm-hmm. east-west ability to fa- throw a fake and then move and create shooting lanes. Be very interested in well, that. Well, and I think if you're going to use Mackenzie Weger as the quarterback of your first power play, once you move on from Noah Hannafin, then you can slide Oliver Shillington into his spot with Rasmus Anderson if you're going to use two defensemen on your second PP. Yeah, it's, um, look, the power play has been a issue for the group all year. I think if they can get that solidified, goes a long way in maybe taking a little step. I, I don't think at any point this year we're going to be talking about this being a top 10 power play. Um, but I do think that that is a, a nice step for them to take to try to solidify the, the back end there and to get kind of the constant guy at the top. And maybe maybe with what we saw on Monday, maybe it will be Uyghur for a little while here. And the guy waiting in the wings at the AHL level is Jeremy Poirier. Yes. And I would not be surprised to see him on one of the Flames' power plays uh, maybe later this season, but for sure next season. Thank you, Wilsey. Well, okay, guys. How you uh, how you playing, by the way? Uh, not bad. I won the first two hands and more than uh, doubled up, and I haven't won a hand since. I'm just kind of hanging around. But uh, this is one of my favorite events. As you guys know, uh, especially during the off season, I-, I go to a ton of charity golf tournaments. I MC a bunch of them, and-, and I enjoy those a lot. But this, for me, is different because it's different. And Roly Sierra, I think we-, we should make mention of Roly, who will be leaving Calgary Sports and Entertainment and he has really spearheaded this for a long, long time. Uh, you have no idea how much work it takes to put on an event like this or the Calgary Flames Celebrity Charity Golf Classic. So uh, tip of the cap to Rolly Sear for all the hard work he's done and for all the money he's raised for the Calgary Flames Foundation at events like this over the years. Thank you, Willsey. Okay, thanks, guys. Uh, Derek Wills and our Daily Flames Roundtable. As we start to wrap up this uh, wrap up this segment, it's uh, Aaron Vickers, Pat Steinberg along with you on Flames Talk. Daily Flames Roundtable brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Country Hills. The fastest-growing segment of vehicles they sell is electric. Informed buyers are coming to see. Perhaps you should discover why. Minutes from the Calgary Airport. Talking your team right now. Flames Talk is on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Ryan Huskins with us, head coach of the Calgary Flames, joining us here at the uh, Celebrity Ambassadors Poker Tournament. So, 
year one as head coach and you have Michael Backlund as your captain. Tell us about having Michael as the captain as you take over as head coach in year one as well. Well, that's a that's a good question. And I guess the way that I'll answer that one, when I came up as an assistant coach, Mark Giordano was the main guy around here and he was the leader of the back end. And when you're coming in as a guy without NHL experience um, as a coach, it can be a challenge to get the guys on the same page um, and with Gio at that time he was right on board from day one and he made my job as an assistant coach working with them very easy because he really helped with the buy-in and you fast forward to a few years down the road Michael's very much the same and I think the way he's come into his own as a leader not just on the ice but off the ice and how he's handled our team inside the dressing room where people don't see the job that he does every day like we do um, he's been He's been that guy for me right now, too, so I lean on him a lot. Um, the sounding board, um, he's comfortable, I think, coming into my office at times and having good conversations, so he's helped bring people along with me and the rest of the coaching staff by passing on that same message. So you need people like that in order for you to continue to progress and have success. Same guy, like same Michael Backlund with a C on his chest as opposed to not having a C on his chest? Different. Yeah? Yep. In a good way? In a good way. And I, and I think when he was just an assistant captain here or, or he was part of the leadership group, he still felt like there was a role that he could play in here. But when the C got put on his chest, I I think it was just a little bit more that he felt um, was coming along with it. So it was a challenge that he wanted to take head on, and that meant sometimes in the dressing room, you got to do uncomfortable things. And everybody knows when Michael speaks, he's coming from the heart in the right place. So um, I think the respect that he has in the dressing room allows him to do that for us. Can you compare and contrast for me the person he is and the maturity level he has now versus when you had him oh back? I don't know, 12, 14, 16 years ago as a member of the Kelowna Rockets? Well, here's one quick story that I remember forever, and he might not even remember it, I don't know, but I remember there was morning, and it was for whatever reason, maybe it was a weekend, because you never pregame skate in junior. Um, but we had one this morning, and I got a phone call from Michael saying I have a sore throat, that I'm I, I'm not going to come in. And I said, no, no, in here, you come in, and we have our trainers have a look at you. Um, anyways, he showed up, came in, played that night, and his mom happened to be in town as well so i saw her after the game at the post game show that we have to do and she said back in sweden they don't come in and they don't play so that was a learning experience for him along the way but it just uh, for a young guy coming over to play everything is different and i think the way he fit in with our team um the, the guys welcomed him in but the personality that he has allowed him to fit in really well with our group so um, you just see them grow and mature over the years now he's a parent and you see um, what a what a great young man and a great family guy that this guy really has turned himself into just generally speaking what's the coach captain collaboration process like when you need to get a message sent to that room what role would the captain play or how does that all come together um, sometimes it's me going to him other times it's him coming to me so he'll see a few things around the room or he'll see something and have an idea he'll he's comfortable coming in and talking about it doesn't mean that we're going to agree on it um, and the flip side is true if there's something that I haven't liked or I'm not sure about why something's going the direction it it, it is uh, we have conversations about that so um, I, I really think you need that because as soon as we leave that dressing room if you don't have that same voice in there that's pushing the same message and you're in trouble yep. and because we have such a great guy wearing that captaincy for us um, i think our room is, is continuing to get stronger every day we're chatting with ryan huska calgary flames head coach uh, 
doesn't see me enough every home, every home game. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's it's good to have you in this environment and and from the celebrity poker tur- poker tournament, I. I always have been fascinated since the the roughish start to the season where it didn't get off to the the type of results your group wanted. And every day you came in, whether you were sitting at the table in the media lounge, whether you're in the hot stove lounge chatting with us, it was always doesn't matter. It's a new day, and and I've I've been struck by that all season long. And it didn't change when the group was rolling in November. Was that was that one of the things that you set out to do? right from the get-go when you were hired during the summertime like was that one of the central parts of how you were going to go about your business yeah it it was part of my message that i wanted to have a environment where the guys knew that hey it's not going to be perfect every night so when it's not you turn the page and you come in tomorrow to make sure that day is your best day and um the way our guys have kind of embraced that i you know i'm, I'm proud of that for sure um it's not an easy league and nothing is ever um, going to 100% go your way where everything's going in a straight line in the direction you want it to go to. and if you worry too much about things that happened in the past or what's going to come on down the road you lose the the ability to focus in the moment and and it's something that our team has to work on still a, a lot and I think that's why you see a lot of the ups and downs in our team and the winning streaks or the stretches in games where we've been really good and then stretches where we're, we're just not quite the same that consistency is something that we have to fight for on a daily basis and part yeah. of that is mindset that you, you shift gears as quick as you can when it's not going your way and when it is going your way you don't read the press clippings and buy into that hype it's making sure what you're doing right in front of you is the most important thing so it's something message that we're going to keep pushing the the other thing that was really interesting going back to when you were hired one of the things that you talked about was the message was going to be consistent the delivery was going to be consistent how have you found that is is that has that been i don't want to say easy but has that been a challenge or or is that gone the way that you wanted it to oh i I think it's a challenge every day you're going in because you're faced with different different challenges if if you will so as much as you want to have uh you know a vision as to where you want your day to go it changes every day it's no different for you guys with what you do um, and you have to be able to roll and shift and adjust with whatever is coming your way so um, it most definitely hasn't been straightforward and there's been some ups and downs but i think part of those ups and downs has allowed us to be who we are right now so without that tough start to the year you probably don't see zari or pospisil two guys that have turned themselves into really good nhl players and, and people that are going to be very important for our team moving forward so you take those licks uh unfortunately you never want to do that at the beginning of the year but because of that we've got a lot of younger guys that are floating around our room right now and they're having serious impact on our team has it been uh, have they infused the type of energy we think they have like we're we're only in there for a snapshot you're in there at all times like has it been the infusion of energy that that we kind of perceive it as on the outside yeah i mean it's not every day i mean but they're different when you have a younger guy that's just still he's cutting his teeth and he's trying to find his way everything is new and everything is fresh so when you have that um, there's a little different feel about how you show up at the rink compared to a guy that when it's february and he's got 800 games in the nhl um, this is the part of the season where it's tough to keep going it's not for these young guys so those guys are the ones that are important right now um, to help these older guys fight through this time to make sure they keep their energy up so having guys around like pelche and zari and posp and pahal now for us on the back end we've had some good contributions from those guys i was going to ask pelche is kind of tied into this question but adding jacob and andre kuzmenko 
right around the same time. What did their personalities and energy do for a group coming out of the break? Um, a lot. Uh, both both are very similar, and we've talked before. One is Russian, and one is French-Canadian. <laughs> and, and, you know, if they were English, they'd be almost the identical character. So there's always a smile on their face. They enjoy being around the rink. They enjoy being around their teammates. And that's infectious. It really is. Um, and people like that help when you're going through tough times, because they are. Don't worry about yesterday. Don't worry about the next day. Let's have a great day today. And, and other people feed off that, for have, sure. Have you caught them in a one-on-one conversation because i can't imagine what that would be like i haven't no i mean unfortunately pelch has been out of our lineup for a, for a few games now and hopefully we'll get him back here in, in short order but um he's been on a little different schedule over the last little while as the rest yeah. of our guys um just a few more for you you know you've i every time you're on the road you get asked kind of the same questions i find it i'm always like i wonder if i wonder if ryan's rolling his eyes to these and it's the same like how are you dealing with the distractions? And you've got this guy, like, and and it's always, it's like, you've been dealing with it from the very beginning. Like, from day one, the, the questions have been asked about player A, player B, player C, or whatever, from that, that first day at the golf tournament, I, I remember. And it's been pretty steady. Um, I'm not saying it's easy, but, like, it, it's something that the group, you, players, everybody pretty conditioned to at this point hey well there's been so much all year i mean really like you said it pat i mean from the day one we had the six unrestricted free agents and that's all everybody wanted to talk about and then it just seemed like there is one thing after another so you know they're professionals um and after a while they learn how to handle and deal with it and part of the beauty of being in a canadian market is you get it every day and for the guys that are able to handle that attention and the media on them all the time and asking questions about them they're the ones that continue to get better and better and better. Um, and you see certain players excel in Canadian markets, certain guys don't. Um, and the ones that do excel are the ones that are typically strong about it and they have the mental mindset that they can move on from um, challenges and, and any issues that may be going on around them that they're dealing with on a daily basis here. Yeah. Where maybe in Carolina they're not dealing with the same thing. So um, it's an interesting dynamic. It really is when you're when you're an NHL player in a you know, hockey crazy city like this one. Um, everybody knows them when they go out, um, and, and they have an obligation, responsibility to be great people like they are here today, and to come and play hard for this team because they get supported really well and that's that's a really important thing that we try to get across them all the time like you, you owe these guys good efforts every night when you step onto the ice so it's, it's something we'll continue to push last question for you you enter action when you go into thursday's game you'll remain right where you've been for the last little while and that is smack dab in a playoff fight do you distractions aside what may happen aside is the group where you want it to be in terms of their motivation and like the playoffs are right there in front of us do you do you get the sense that that's where this group is and they're dialed in terms of how close that potentially is they are i mean it's something we talk about on a daily basis in our dressing room so we have our goals and, and objectives that we want to hit um the challenges we talked about earlier is the consistency right if we want to find ourselves in a spot where we're going to be in this fight until we get ourselves into the the place that we want to be we have to find consistency in our game and that has to happen in short order and the players know that and this is the time of year that you're getting to where um, the better teams the better players raise their level and we're expecting our guys to do the same thing and, and we saw that last night there was the background coleman huberto cadre 
um, they were the guys that were the difference in the game for us. So Markstrom, throw him in there as well. Like That's what you're going to need at this time of the year. We need them to be the consistent ones to bring people along and help us stay in this fight and eventually get us to where we want to be. You were on quite a run before we pulled you. I hear that oh. you... I felt rolling. bad for my table. I'm, I'm trying to lose. <laughs> maybe maybe we're now the bad luck. You can go back and maybe you'll start to get clean. Well, I'd, I'd like to see my table win a few hands, but everything I was I was going in on everything and expecting to lose because I'm not a I'm not a poker player and I was winning. So I, a couple of guys they've already bought in and they're giving me dirty looks and. <laughs> I'm trying to lose. It's all for charity, guys. That's right. Exactly. And that's the best part about this event. Uh, thank you for the time. As always, Coach, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Thanks, guys. Uh, Ryan Huska is the head coach of the Calgary Flames. Joining us here, uh, we're hanging out at the Calgary Flames Celebrity Calgary Flames Ambassador Celebrity Poker Tournament. And, uh, hey, 17 years this is year 17, more than $6 million raised, and always good to chat with the head coach and uh, awesome to spend some time with him. Uh, this is Flamestock, Aaron Vickers, Pat Steinberg from the Deerfoot and in Casino. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts.